Welcome to the County Business Club's podcast, hosted by Sam Thomas and powered by Picture Book Films. Welcome, I'm your host, Sam Thomas. Um, here I'm going to be talking with a variety of business owners and entrepreneurs from across Sussex, discussing their business journey and delving into the mindsets and really what makes them tick. Um, so today is the first episode. Um, I'm really excited and delighted to be joined by a really good friend of mine, um, business owner, founder of the networking events company, Network My Club. So um, I want to welcome Brad to the podcast. Thanks very much for having me, Sam. Cool. Brad, how you doing, mate? Yeah. Yeah, can't complain. A lot better than I was sort of about a year ago, about six <laughs> months ago. But yeah, all good. All good. All good, good mate. Great to you. Listen, I'm, mate, I'm, I'm really, really chuffy. Obviously, I've, I've spoke to you about the podcast and what I wanted to sort of try and achieve. And, I'm, mate, I'm over the moon that you're obviously uh, the first guest on here. And, um, look, mate, let, let, let's, why don't we just jump straight in Um like I say, just look, just tell the listeners a little bit about obviously your business journey and a bit about you. Yeah, I mean, firstly, a bit about a bit about the the business journey, and I mean, I started Network My Club uh, about six years ago now. Um, my background had been working in the commercial team at Brighton and Have Albion. Um, I, I I spent four years working at the Amex there, and one thing that I learned working there was um, we, we had a really good facility in the Amex Stadium and we had a really good network of connections and we used the stadium to bring those connections together and it wasn't being done anywhere else. There was a lot of clubs that weren't doing that. There was a lot of venues, stadiums specifically, that um, weren't using their stadium to bring people together outside of their their, their main use, which was either football, cricket um, or rugby. Um, so, so the idea of Network My Club came about and to, to effectively facilitate that is to go to sports stadiums up and down the country. Uh, that's the sort of long term game. But um, it, it, it's all about bringing businesses together uh, to network first and foremost, uh, but using some really cool venues, some iconic and prestigious venues um, to do that. at. And um, that's the long and short of my story in terms of how I got to where I am, but I've always enjoyed sport. I've always wanted to be involved in sport in one way, shape or form. And, you know, just being able to host our events and bring businesses together at these stadiums is, is good enough for me when it comes to being being associated with sport, really. Cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I was sort of, I remember being a little bit, I guess, at the start of the journey, where I think I was either a Fernballs League down in Portsmouth and you, you I think your, your first one was Network, um Pompey was that right Network my club, that's right. yeah it? yeah they were, they were the first club that yeah. decided to work with us and uh I think I remember you there one of the earlier one yeah. of the earlier events absolutely um, and yeah it's, it's it's great so yeah. yeah cool and then and then so but I guess from a business point of view like what did you from a from a sort of young age was you did you always want to run your own business or where, where does that sort of come from like getting into that sort of side of things no, I didn't. In a in a in an answer, I didn't want to run a business. I never had that. I never had that idea when I was younger, growing up, to to run a business. I always wanted to be involved in sport. As I say, that yeah. was sort of one thing for me. I, I, I enjoyed, you know, watching sport. I enjoyed playing sport, and I was like, if anything can be involved in sport, that'd be great. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah. At, at one point, it was a, a sports commentator. That was one of the things <laughs> yeah, I wanted yeah, to yeah. do. At one point, it was a journalist. <laughs> um, all sorts of different things. And then I got into like marketing and um, and and my journey. You know, before getting into Brighton, as I spoke to I spoke about just now, is I got a, a, I decided not to go to university. That was sort of a big decision. Quite quite early on um i decided to just go and get some experience in the industry yeah. got a got a position in a marketing role they had a couple of clients in the sports sector i think we had lucas aid and umbro as a couple of clients and and that was cool that you know yeah. that was for me that that kept me interested and that that made me learn and um and yeah from from there i just wanted to be involved in sport i like the marketing side of things i like sponsorship i like the partnership i like the sales side of things yeah. and then yeah, ended up at Brighton, which funnily enough was almost like my dream role. It was like working at the club that I support. It was working at the Amex Stadium, which was a great place to go to work every day for four years. I was going to meet the players to get them involved in some of the sponsors' um, in, in involvements. And, you know, it was it, it was a great, great job. So oddly, it was kind of like where I wanted to be. And then just the, the concept and the idea of Network My Club came about and... Um, yeah, I, I, you know, saw the idea and I really, you know, I saw the vision and I saw where it could go. And I thought, you know, at that age, at the time when I started the business at 23, 24, um, you know, the, the, I had nothing to lose, really. I didn't have any huge commitments and that was that was beneficial. You know, that not everyone has that luxury when they're starting a business, I know. Um, but for me, I had no... There was there wasn't a huge risk. I had a huge, a hugely supportive family, um, and you know I just decided to to pursue it. And um, you know when you when you do that, it's kind of you sink or swim. And I, it's a huge, huge learning curve starting a business, which I'm sure we'll come on to. But back to your question, no, I never really had a desire going through school or growing up to to be an entrepreneur. You hear these stories about. Alan Sugar, you know, selling sweets in the uh, in the playground or selling magazines out the back of a, a mag uh, out the back of a truck or something like that, and that that was never me. I never really had an entrepreneurial upbringing or mindset. And then when once I, you know, once I started Network My Club, it, the the whole process, and still to this day, I just love the process. I'm obsessed and I'm just addicted to that whole process of growth and 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 just trying new things and, and and trying to make things work and it's it's your baby isn't it you've probably got the same thing with you know with county business clubs it's your baby and uh, and that is a, a really addictive process yeah no mate look absolutely look as business owners i totally agree with you there is that once you're in it and you and especially from you and with network my club like you said coming up with a kernel of an idea developing that and then seeing it grow as as you have done like i say over the over six i can't believe it's been six years crazy isn't it but seeing it grow over those six years is phenomenal and um i know you sort of touched on there obviously about having a supportive family and stuff and i, I wanted to just delve into that a little bit just because obviously i know your brother lewis as well mm. um and i'll get i'll get the impression from obviously knowing you and working with you on various different things and, and meeting and speaking with lewis um like both of you have got quite a, a strong mindset in the sense of, you know, a successful mindset and something that you, you know, you sort of put your mind to stuff that you, you, you're going to be successful and do that. So I just want to sort of find out a little bit more about that. You two sort of growing up and how that was and um, and where does that sort of come from, like from your mum and dad and that, that you sort of support with family. But um, in that sort of sense, did they sort of instill that in you, do you think, from a young age? 
Yeah, I mean, definitely. I've, I've always had, you know, I've been lucky enough to have a really good network growing up. That's a family network, a friend, a friend network. And, you know, that, that sets you up quite well. My, my parents are really driven. My mum's run multiple businesses. So I think I subconsciously picked up that work ethic from her. And then as a, as a, from, from Lewis's perspective, as an older brother, I think you're always competing against each other, whether that's consciously or subconsciously, whether that was in the garden playing cricket or football or anything when you're growing up, you always, you know, you, you always want to better your brother, don't you, regardless. Um, and I think, you know, we always wanted to make our parents proud. And, you know, he went down the path, he went, became a professional cricketer against all the odds. And, you know, that he's, he's one of my biggest inspirations, to be fair. And I think growing up, we always had that and he had that drive and that mindset really at a young age and said, I'm going to become a professional cricketer. And for me, I was kind of like, right, I, I don't want to be a professional cricketer. I don't want to be a professional sportsman, but whatever I go into, I'm, I'm going to put myself, kind of throw myself into it. And, and I think that it, it, it is, it's, it's kind of stems from the network you, you have growing up. I was very lucky to have a really supportive network growing up you know my parents have done well for themselves and they've they, they, they've given us a really good upbringing but ultimately that came through a lot of hard work um you know my dad for example pre-pandemic would get up at half five six o'clock he's on a train to london at half six he's back in the door at seven seven thirty at night and you know that that hard work ethic comes from him in that respect but also mum running her own businesses and when i was growing up and she'd be in her office until nine, 10 o'clock. You know, back then I was kind of thinking like, why are you still working mum? And there's me now working at my office, working at my desk until about nine, 10 o'clock at night. So um, I think, yeah, I, I definitely the upbringing that I had, you know, surrounded me with, you know, that determination, that, that, that winning mindset and the people that we have around us in our family, you know, friends and family have, have all done well in their respective roles. My godfather, um, who's one of my dad's best friends growing up. He's my, he's one of my biggest inspirations into getting, getting into working in sport. He, you know, he had some really successful positions working in things like the Champions League and all these sort of uh, big co corporate organisations in the sport world. And when, when I was growing up, he used to take us to all these Champions League games with dad. And I used to go to Anfield or, or Highbury or Stamford Bridge and go to this hospitality. And I always remember leaving going, whatever Richard does, I want to do. You know, that, that seemed pretty cool. Um, and to the point now where Richard's a co-director with me at Network My Club, you know, when I needed to make that, that jump and that leap from a, a comfortable salary um, to starting a business, you need that little bit of comfort and you need that little bit of uh, security and in making that jump and Richard invested in network, my club, he, he, he said, look, put together a business proposal, um, you know, show me what it looks like and talk to me about it. And, you know, to have someone like that buy into the idea before it was even a thing was huge, but they were that, that, that sort of person you ha I had around me growing up. And that's, you kind of like you, that, that pushes you on, I think subconsciously to, to kind of try and achieve what, what, you know, your parents have achieved, what their friends have achieved. And yeah, I'm very lucky in that respect. I always consider myself very lucky, but you know, the brotherly, the brotherly thing definitely, I think uh, helps with that drive. You always want to try and beat your brother, don't you?
that feeling i've got an older brother and um yeah we've uh there's a lot of, a lot of competitiveness growing up certainly you know um with, with any sort of sport and stuff it, I, I, I'll, I'll i think that's that's fascinating because i'm similar you know strong having a strong foundation i think um growing up is you know benefits you in so many different ways but especially i guess like you say you i guess from your point of view being fortunate enough to be surrounded by not not only your mum and dad and your brother who sort of you know you can that work ethic i guess is a, such a key thing isn't it I, you know my, my parents were never into sort of the you know entrepreneurs or running their own business but did have a strong work ethic and i think as a as a business owner and as a g you've, you've got to have that haven't you i, I think um just as a, as a way of you know it, you've got this kernel an idea and you, you go out and try and achieve something but you've got to have that strong work ethic to get to where to mm. where you want to go to um, yeah i think people have different reasons for starting out in business i mean you hear a lot of these rags to riches stories don't you like i, I said the, the alan sugar story or you know I've, I've listened to a podcast recently with michelle moan who's baroness michelle moan who's come so far and she was from the darkest depths of glasgow and then she's made it to one of the most successful businesswomen in the country but everyone has their different reasons those guys came from nothing and they wanted to get out of that whereas for me you know, the, 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 the idea of running a business and being kind of in control of your own destiny as such and being in control of that idea and bringing that idea to fruition. And as I said earlier, that whole process is something that, you know, I see as a huge learning curve every day and a huge experience. And, you know, I'm just about, I'm just about to turn 30 tomorrow, in fact. And I look back and I go, for the last five, six years when I've been running a business, what would I be doing if I wasn't? And I'd probably be like a lot of my friends, admittedly, who are in nine to five jobs. They're kind of living for the weekend. Whereas for me, I don't get that Sunday syndrome. Every day, every new week is a chance to just grow on what we did the week before, is to try new things, is to push the needle in the space that we're working in. And I think for me, that is such an addictive process. And when it's your baby and when it's yours, to grow um you know that that for me is what drives me but people start for for lots of different reasons don't they absolutely and i guess and that's what's key i guess like you say why, why you run your own business do 12 14 hour days but you've got to have that passion i guess initially haven't you or you mm. or as it develops you have that passion to to really want to, to to make something a success and 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 i guess like you said almost going back to the the drive and the ambition that you've obviously seen around you growing up and and that's what sort of uh, obviously taking it on um mm. i guess what's, what's interesting now i want to sort of i guess what everyone will talk about for, for years to come as well but obviously talk to me a little bit about obviously last year like running a business any business you know no matter what business you do everyone's going to be affected in some way with, with covid and what's happened um with the pandemic um but Talk to me about about the last year and obviously running an event an events company. <laughs> Let's go back twelve months. What, what mm. was your first initial thoughts when when that sort of come out and 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 you know and talk to me about that year? Wow, I mean, where do I start really for the for the last year? I think, I mean, back in March twenty twenty when we we started to realise the severity of the situation and the and the reality um, that as an events business, you know, we were our business model was was completely blown apart um you know we had two key principles to our business it was meeting people face to face and it was hosting them at these prestigious stadiums now the stadiums were closed and we couldn't have people meeting face to face so 
it was a very very scary time it was quite it was a very yeah it was extremely scary to think back at march you know what are we going to do you know we we've got no experience you know in running online events which now is just you know is second nature to us but back in march 2020 we we had to put together something you know we had hundreds of businesses within our membership community that we had to service we're a subscription based business so they're paying for a service and we have to deliver it and we have to do something now i remember the first time we all got together as a team we're a team of 5 full time in in the team and we we did that the classic we we did a classic SWOT analysis and we had all these sheets up on the wall and we were writing, right, what are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? What, what are the opportunities even? What, what are the threats? And, and we had them all up on the wall and um, just, just amazingly, there was never a consideration of, you know, should we just not do anything? Should we just wait for it to blow over? And that, that was a huge, that was a crucial component to this whole this whole process was that mindset at, at, at the outset, at the start, um, because that is the difference between people that went into this going, oh, I'll just wait for this to blow over. And back in March 2020, everyone was saying, oh, this will we'll all be back out, out at events by May, June, which, to be honest, I probably said myself, I was completely naive, I completely underestimated you know, what we were going into, like everyone did. But, you know, there were those people that would say, we just wait for this all to blow over. Um, but we as a team just kind of, we said, we don't know how long this is going to last. We we can't plan. A lot of this is out of our control. This was even before the first lockdown had been announced. Um, so it was an extremely scary time. And then the reality over the next probably month or two months was that a lot of businesses were cutting costs. And as a subscription company, People just go down their direct debit list and go, right, stop that, stop that, stop that. And I can completely understand why, but it was an extremely difficult period for, for, for us as a team. But for me, you know, every day I'd get an email from our direct debit um, software to say activity on your account. And um, you'd normally have, you know, some days you'd normally have two new signups or you'd have like one change direct debit or something like that. And then every day for about, three or four weeks it was like six cancellations 10 cancellations five cancellations and it felt like you know it, it just felt like you're in a sinking ship with a bucket with holes in trying to get the trying to get the water out and that was that was you know a really traumatic couple of couple of months but you know we as a team we 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 did our best to adapt we did what everyone else did at that point and got a zoom account and said right we've got these members that we need to deliver something and we need to uh, we need to deliver some events. So we started running these these small meetups and started to run uh, these small get togethers on Zoom, which which works really well. Um, and but we but we learned very quickly that you know, that they were going to get very boring and very stale very quickly. And this was before Zoom fatigue was even a phrase. Um, we were getting it after about two weeks. Um, and we we just decided to start looking at alternative platforms. And that was a the best thing I've ever done, I think, because we ended up using the Remo platform, which a lot of people listening in probably will will know what that is, but a lot of people won't. But it's the closest thing that you can possibly get to a to a live event online. And I can honestly say I did an interview with Remo recently and they won't have any better testimonial than from me, which says 
Remo saved my business. And I can, I can honestly say it did because it allowed us to start scaling events back to the size that they were back at the stadiums. It's allowed us to align the format um, online as it was in person. But, you know, that's, that's, that's a long, long journey from starting that to where we are now. But we've learned so much. Um, and I spoke to Anders in our team yesterday. I've just, wrote, I've just written a blog, actually, 12 months um, after the first lockdown, sort of an honest reflection. And I've probably learned more in the last 12 months about myself and about my team and about running a business than I have in the first four or five years running a business. And so, so many learnings, so many takeaways from it. Um, I've got seven key learnings in that blog that, that I allude to that, uh, but I could probably add another 10 onto that. But yeah, it's as an events industry, I'm, it's probably my proudest achievement to get us to get us through this and as a team i owe it all to my team really they're the they're the superheroes in this story really you know the way that they threw themselves into it that mindset they had but um as an events company to still be here to still be operating and as a as a subscription company we took that massive plummet of memberships early on but now we're at the numbers we're pretty much at numbers that we were pre-pandemic um and that's a we we that's with a completely different offering completely online and yeah it's a long it's been a long old year but so much to take from it yeah i'll make look i'm yeah a huge ambassador for obviously you guys as you know and i think you know seeing exactly that at that time for many different businesses so many people i had the same i spoke to people who went like oh yeah blow over or you know we'll see what but you know to and i think with the whole online networking side of stuff you you guys really were like the front runners you were the ones that let's try something and you and i think what people really responded to certainly from from my point of view i, I listen to you guys and you know work together a lot but uh, you know it was the honesty look Let's go out there. And I remember, I think Anders posted something great um, not long after, about three months in, after you've done a few events where he'd sort of mentioned about the the, the things that the pitfalls of, of running an online online events. And, you know, these are the mistakes we've made, but you learn from them. And I think as a business owner and as uh, as an entrepreneur or, or and running a team, it's just being able to be honest with people, but being able to adapt, learn from, like you said, learn from the experiences and 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 adapt them and like you said you guys have i think certainly from an online point of view has have exceeded what other people are doing uh, mm. which is which has been which has been incredible i think i mean the, the the point a couple of points that i'd make on on top of that is you know networking is our business you know we don't have any other agenda we don't have any other sidelines so it's our duty to serve our members but it's our duty that we needed to invest in the best platform to offer the best experience. Now people will look at Remo compared to the cost of zoom and they'll go, Oh, I'll just use zoom and it's cheaper. It's everyone's comfortable with it, but they're two completely different platforms. They're two very different experiences. So for us, that was the first thing we, we had a duty to serve our members. And then on, on the point that you made there, one of my key learnings from all of this is having that honest and transparent communication with people got us so much more patience and support um, than, you know, we, we, we made no bones about it. You know, early on, I, I remember writing a, an email to our members addressing them all from, from me just saying, look, this is as new to us as it is you, but please just give us a couple of weeks. We are dedicated to find the best solution. We're dedicated to find the best ways to do this. 
we have no blueprint to go by we have no we have no experience ourselves we have no one to go off to learn how how to do it because it was such a new concept to so many people but you know we just asked for that patience and that support and the result of that was we got more of that and it made us human and they really and people just said that you guys we know we trust you we believe that you're going to find a good solution for us um and it, because that, that is our business and we aren't you know it's not we aren't just putting online events um for the sake of putting them on um we didn't see it as a bit of a stop gap we didn't think oh this is going to blow over so we'll just stay on zoom which you know still to this day we'll we'll have that conversation with anyone that zoom is not a networking platform it was built as a very very good communications platform but it wasn't built to replicate networking events so when people are using zoom for networking events they're bending it to work in their favor and it's not built for that whereas remo was built for events and it was built for networking and that is what is that's what's allowed us to align our online events with with the in person ones so uh, yeah i think it, it goes back to that mindset and that approach of of not thinking this is something that's just here for a few months and it's here for a long time. Um, but yeah, the, the, the honest and open, transparent communication, you know, got us so much more support um, than compared if we, if we just said, Oh, we're, we're now online event. We're an online events management company or an online events networking company. And we'd only been doing it two weeks. And they'd be like, you guys, you're jokers, <laughs> aren't you? So um yeah, that that was a huge learning for me as well. Yeah, it's interesting. And obviously, touching on that as well, I guess moving forward now, what, how do you? Because it is Remo is a fantastic platform. Like you said, you 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 pretty much, especially with how you guys have done it, I feel like oh, you almost changed the face of the, the way people look at online events. From you know, from sort of you know webinars and awards, as me and you both know, and and different types of events. You've created these lifelike events really for on an online platform but mm. i guess moving forward then how do you how do you sort of see what's the future of networking how does it and and, and network how does the, the future of that look in your eyes with with, a, with networking online versus sort of um live events yeah i'm having this conversation a lot at the moment with the with the prospect of of live events coming back but for us you know we've 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 seen such a huge benefit to our members for the online events, you know, businesses are realizing how much time they're saving, how much cost they're saving, how far they can reach people, the, the network that they can develop from their own home or from their office, wherever they are. Um, the benefits have been realized. Now the obstacle to get to this point was always going to be people adopting that technology. Now we've had a year where people have had no other option, but to, so you know, for us, we will be continuing with online events um, built into our schedule. We'll go back to our live events as well. But what I see the future holding for networking is having a blended approach to your networking, um, your, your, your activity. Uh, that, will, that will mean that will look something like going to, over the course of a month, some events in person, live, and then complementing that with some events um, online. And I think what the, the, some of the benefits of on, on, online networking is obviously not just the, the time and the cost that you save, um, but you know people are, people are talking about the carbon footprint that they're reducing, not having to jump in the car just to go to certain events. So you've got that side of things. But online events are also good to just touch base with people. You don't need to meet someone for a coffee just to say hello and how are you doing. 
but just getting that face-to-face -face contact over a virtual uh, in a virtual event um, is a really good way to just keep nurturing your network, maybe meeting new people online, and then and then arranging a time to perhaps meet them at a live event where you can fully solidify that that relationship and make it a bit more real. And that's where I can see it working. And and that's for us is what we will be doing. We'll be offering that live events schedule alongside the online events um, because another thing that's been a big benefit to our members is because our members cover Sussex they cover Hampshire Surrey London Berkshire and you know since we've been online up and down the country but you know people can now meet other members that they wouldn't have met before because of because of um, online and um, and that's been the biggest benefit for us as a wider network not so much of a local network as a wider network that's the biggest benefit for us which is why we'll we'll definitely be carrying on and I think I'll, you'll see a lot of networking groups carry on yeah. um, online but some will some will fall off and those that probably will fall off are those that were the ones that were saying that this is only going to be here for a couple of months and we'll go on to Zoom and Zoom's a bit of a stopgap for them. But um, I think the people that I speak to at the moment that are desperate to get back to live events are those that have spent the last 12 months on Zoom. And I fully, I fully understand why they're desperate to go back because I was bored of it after about three or four weeks. So, um, yeah, but you speak to some of our members. I mean, we had our annual member survey came back and said 81% of our members are going to combine online and live networking events in their schedule moving forward with some even siding with just online, some going back to just live. So the opportunity will be online and in person. And that's where I think for businesses out there, they need to be putting themselves in those, in those situations. Yeah, mate, look, I, I, you know what? I completely agree. I was, you know, you know me for a long time I'm very much similar to both of us I suppose we're a people person I love I love being around people I love being out and about lunches and 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 that type of them type of events but you know I've certainly on a personal level seen the benefit of, of online events and especially the way you guys have done it look I've, I've met so many people through through the remote people I haven't ever met before that you have the opportunity to be able to go um and hop around to different tables and and get that even the one-to-one -one areas and there's so many different avenues to it that and like you said i've met i, I remember and like you you alluded to i remember sponsoring the twickenham one at, at, at network my club brilliant for us for firm balls which is for the firm balls business brilliant for me um i got a lot out of it but when you look at that day it was still it was a nearly a two-hour journey to twickenham a couple of hours um event and and a couple of hours back to so it's a full day mm. i've got i got a lot out of it it was fantastic but um as a sponsor but i guess the the benefit of doing i jumped on i've jumped on the london and surrey meetup i, I log on at 10 o'clock i'm finished at half 11 and i've met <laughs> you know a huge amount of people which is mm. which is amazing yeah i think for for us with, with with that in mind what we'll then do with our live events where they were before maybe a couple of hours i think people are really going to assess and be a lot more selective of the events that they go to in person and they'll really assess right is it worthwhile my time is it worthwhile the cost because there is in a lot of cases certainly with our online events I, i'm a little bit biased but with our online events they're as close to the real thing as you can get so when you're offering a live events um a live event for people to to attend they'll be a lot more selective so with that in mind when we get back to live events there'll be a little bit longer there'll be a little bit more content led and a bit more purposeful 
and making sure people are spending because like you say even if you come to an event for a couple of hours that is still the best part of half or even a full day out of your calendar and your diary so why not maybe spend three or four hours at the event and just take that take that little bit more time there so for us you know that's something we're definitely considering how people are going to be a little bit more selective um with the live events that they choose and and that that just means that we there's a obligation and a duty for us to make sure that the events are worthwhile attending um both live and online because the audience that we've got right now is solely online because there's no other option but when live events come back you get diluted slightly so we need to you know our online events both about, sorry our events both online and live are, are going to there's going to need to be a reason why people attend and even if you're taking a couple of hours out sat at your desk at home or in the office you know still you know you'll have meetings you'll be going out a bit more you you won't be locked down so why are you going to spend a couple of hours on that event so there's 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 lots of challenges on the horizon but it's exciting because for us we've got a much more robust and future-proof business as a result of the last year um and we're, we're really excited about what we can create online and we've got so many cool ideas in the pipeline for what we're going to be doing online we want to get back to the live events at the stadiums we we want to maybe create those stadium environments and those lounges online in in the platform so people can maybe have go to an event at the Amex one month in the Heineken lounge and then the following month you're in the virtual version of the Heineken lounge and then it's almost like you know you, you you're in the same place but you know with the online events it just means we can invite more people and get get people from further afield in so mm. so many cool ideas yeah. that we've got in got in the pipeline but for us and for and for businesses the opportunity will be online and in person but yeah. There's there's a lot of people that will prefer to just do live. Fully yeah. fully understand that. There'll be some people that are just online, but we'll be there to help and facilitate that. Really, okay, yeah. People people of of old. I think that you know we spoke about previously, but you know, um, technology has come forward like almost five ten years, and I think people have have been forced to embrace it and 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 are using it for their benefit. And, and like you say, I think I agree. I think it's it's here to stay. And 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 good that it is but um one thing i wanted to sort of really touch on next mate and i, I we sort of spoke about briefly um in the previous questions about um surrounding yourself with good people and um you mentioned obviously about the team especially at the start of of, of lockdown you know how valuable it was to get the team's insight and the team's buying um for you know, how do you sort of move forward? I mean, a subject I've run in various different businesses, a subject I find really fascinating is creating a culture within a company. Um, I'm, you know, working with you, uh, uh, your team as Network My Club, um, get the feeling I've known obviously the guys now for quite some time, but you, you almost feel, I feel personally that you've created like a bit of a family environment there within Network My Club that people that everyone that works for you have bought into that. And that, most of obviously they've been there from the start as well, almost uh, like with, with Claude's and Anders and stuff. And, uh, and just I'm really interested to find out your take on, you know, creating a culture, how you've done that and, um, and, and what you feel the culture is within Network My Club. Yeah. I mean, for me, that's, Managing the team and leading a team has been the the biggest challenge um, of running a business. I think before I had Anders was our first uh, full time employee. He joined four years ago uh, in April, and someone had said to me before that, he said, 
they said, Brad, the best thing you'll do, the best and worst thing you'll do running a business is employ people. And I was like, I couldn't see, I couldn't see the downside. I was like, I'm going to be able to delegate some work. We're going to be able to grow. We're going to be, we're going to be able to do all this extra work that I haven't been able to do because it's just me. And then you realize you're managing human beings and then you've got to actually nurture them and you've got to, uh, you've, you've got to, you're worrying about them constantly. Well, I, well, I am, and it's probably just the way that I am, but I'm, it's, it's always been a, a, a topic that's fascinated me as well. I always read about leadership and culture and all those sort of things. And there's no, it's not a one size fits all approach. I think there's some just key principles to live by that, I think just get that buy-in and get people to believe in what you're doing. I think you've got to have that empathy and you've got to have the understanding. Firstly, I, I heard some really good advice early on was that no one that joins your company will, will love the company as much as you. So don't expect them to, and don't expect them to, to buy into to what you're, you're not buy into what you're doing, but have that same passion for what you're doing. You can get them excited and you can get them passionate about kind of the business but they will never have the same uh that that same level uh of passion as you do because it's yours so i think having that understanding um for me it's it's i've always i'm a huge believer in learning and develop developing i'm always reading i'm always watching things i'm always trying to develop myself as best as i can and i've always tried to install that amongst the guys to just keep learning and keep developing whether that's you know, whether that's professionally, whether that's personally, we're always asking each other what we're doing outside of work in terms of developing or even within our own roles, what we're learning to help our own roles and what we what different skills that we're trying to build on. So I think that's been a key thing and just giving that ownership and the responsibility to people as well. So, you know, when Anders joined, he was our first employee and he came in to just manage a lot of our digital marketing. So taking on our, our social media, taking on our email communications and, and that for me, I just said, look, I've, I've not had a, I've not got a process in place. This is what I've been doing. If you can, if you can, if you can do that, great. If you can improve it, that's what I'm looking for. And I think I just gave the responsibility and the ownership and you've also just got to understand that people are human beings and things crop up and things get in the way and, you know, just giving that flexibility to people to work. You know, my guys, they know they don't need to log in at nine and log off at five. They can work whenever they want. If they're getting the job done, that's all. If, if, if we're, if we're doing what we're saying we're going to do and deliver and offering a good service and delivering a good service, then, I don't mind when they work, you know, personally, I work better late on in the evening. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll do a lot of my work then. And my, my team probably shout at their screen when I send them an email at half past eight, nine o'clock, which I've started to learn to hold off and just send first thing the following morning. But that's just the way, that's just the way I am. But you just learn about, about your team. So for me, it's always been a fascinating um, a fascinating piece of the puzzle when when running the business and learning how to learning how to be a leader um, but it's it's something that I'm continually learning about um, but I think you've just got to give that empathy to people you've got to have the understanding that you know that, that you know if you can give them the, the tools and the resources to learn and develop um, you know I'm I, I think I'm just lucky I'm very lucky in the people that I've brought in you know Claudia, Anders, Sam, Nikita, brilliant, brilliant people. Um, and I think, you know, if you give them, if you give your employees just 
a little bit, they'll give you a lot back in terms of that flexibility. And hopefully, you know, that, hopefully that's how they see it. But I worry about how they're doing every day. It probably takes up too much of my headspace. But, you know, that, that's the, the nature of the beast. No, it's, mate, it's very interesting. I, and I agree. He's, he's, I think, as you sort of mentioned, that um, people said that to me as well. And it is, it is one of the, it's the best thing and, and probably the hardest thing that you do with, with sort of employing people. And um, yeah, it's fascinating. Like you said, you, you get the feeling that, 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 that you've got a great, you have created a really great team there and, and a loyal team. And, you know, and I, I, it's, it's fascinating to see that sort of, have it sort of grown up over the time. But I like, I guess the a key to it is, well, like you said, as, as, a, as a leader that we develop personally, but it's, it's, it is allowing that. It's almost like being a, you're very much, you know, even from the business model and stuff like that, quite a forward thinking um leader i guess in that sense that flexibility how many people are still you know i speak to maybe a bit archaic in their way of thinking whereas lockdown has forced people to go we've got to embrace flexibility and i think you've got to allow people to you know you've got to trust people haven't you as you sort of mentioned you've got to trust people to do a job and whether that's logging on at nine o'clock and finishing at five that's a bit of an archaic way of thinking is you've got to be in the office and do that and and, and finish then whereas yeah. if they work better certain certain times it's given them that flexibility to be able to develop that and i think yeah you're, you're spot on trust trust is a big word there i've always i've always trusted my team i always trust them because ultimately like i say you can tell if someone's not doing a good job if they're not pulling their weight because you know whether it's a, a salesperson you've got their numbers whether it's a marketing role you've got analytics and you've got numbers to look at you know, even in Claudia's role, we measure that against our membership satisfaction and the experience that people are getting. So ultimately, you know, any good employer will, will, will measure their own progress and they'll measure their own success. And whether you need someone as a leader to manage that with them, I always like to sit down with my team individually every month anyway, just to see how they are and, and how they're doing. And then we may look at their performance, but you can just tell if, if something's, if, if, if they're doing the job and that, you've got to trust them to do that. And I think a lot of leaders in the last year have probably been pulling their hair out thinking, well, what are my team doing? They, they can't be working if they're at home where, you know, they're probably seeing more productiveness. They're probably seeing their employees working longer hours. Um, and that's something you've also got to bear in mind as well. But trust is such a big thing. I've always trusted my team or always will, whether you give them a task you know, ultimately, if they if they do it well, great. If they don't, hopefully they learn from it, and we can we can do it better the next time. But yeah, you, you got to give them that trust. Um, I'm as I say, I'm I'm always learning. I'm I don't get everything right, and I think going back to the point I made earlier about that honest and transparent communication, I have that with my guys as well. You know, when we first started to recruit people and started to go through the interview process, I was kind of like, I've never done this before. I don't I don't know how to do this. You, <laughs> You, you don't you don't learn this in school and even, even when you're managing your team like when I'm having the monthly catch-ups or having a an annual review if you want to call it that with someone you kind of right just so you know mate I've never done this before but <laughs> Love that. You know, I this, this is this is this is you know what we what I want to talk about I want to you know find out how you are and I want to see what you want to develop and all these sort of things so I've had that I've always had that honest transparent conversation with my team as well and said you know, I'm learning as I go and um, oh, I won't mate. get everything right. And some things I'll get right, some things I won't. And if I can get more things right than I don't, then 
should be should be okay in the long run. Yeah, mate, I, I echo that absolutely. Look, we're all human, even as leaders, we and we do make mistakes, and you know, and I think that's part of it. And but like you said, what what a great philosophy to be have that. Like, look, I'm going to be honest. First, first time I've done this buying some people do like you say respond to it. It's, oh, mate, it's great. That's great to hear. I, I want to move on. This obviously one of the sort of final questions. I guess we've sort of touched really on how you sort of see the the, the events company and uh, or events and sort of stuff going. But just really want to find out what, what really what what what's what's the future hold for Bradley Hatchet? What's the next stage of your business journey and and where do you see your sort of next five years going? Well, net, network my club is all I'm. Um, on really um that is you know there's so there's so much opportunity for what we're doing i mean long term with the business you know at the moment we've 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 done really well in the southeast and london and we've got some really good venues that we were working with pre-pandemic that we'll get back to we've got a really solid online business now um but the long-term goal has always been to 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 expand it further up the country so for me, that that's the that's the ambition still. Um, if anything, the last twelve months and the work that we've done to put ourselves in the position we are now will help us accelerate that a little bit more because we're able to grow the network a little bit faster with a with a little less cost and time and resource needed to expand into new territories. So, you know, we we want to grow it further up north into the midlands into the northeast the northwest and 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 across the uk really this this model that we have is you know is is very uh, scalable um and so for me that's the ambition um the challenge with that comes finding the right people um to do that um any business owner will probably tell you that you you, you want to replicate yourself um and you can't but you want to try and get as close as you possibly can but i'm just trying to find my the equivalent of of me and the team in other regions of the country to be able to scale it uh, and manage it so that's that's the long term ambition is to sort of grow it further up the country and then you know i've always i've i've never written off internationally i think there's an opportunity in the states i think australia as well you know i th- for us wherever there's these prestigious iconic sporting stadiums which are everywhere in every in every city in every town um there's a there's a cool place to network and it makes a different place to network than a bar or a hotel in the city um and the way that our model works is that you know we we support those stadiums and we support those clubs to be engaging with the local business community as well so what we off what we offer um is is applicable to any any really so that's the long term for us but you know i'm I'm just so proud and 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 so pleased that we've got through the last year because there were some very hairy moments um there were some there were some days that are probably sunk to the lowest i've ever been um but you know as i say i had i have a great team that that got me through it we all had our low moments but we got each other through it um we all had, had our own ways to deal with it but I'm just so pleased with what we've done that, you know, anything you know, we could we could be challenged with anything now, and I'd I'd be so confident that we'd that we'd get through it. Um, if we can survive this, we'll survive anything. So yeah, bring it on, really. Bring bring on bring it on, whatever whatever there is out there. You know, there's there's some big opportunity for us. It's just, you know, my my role uh, my remit is to just try and navigate the ship through that and and get us there. So. We'll see, mate. Uh, look, and, and kudos to you, really. At last day, over the last year, uh, as in, any any 
you know various different companies have sort of seen through my network and through the communities and other bits and pieces you've run but for you guys it's been it's been incredible to see how you adapted and pivoted and 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 have grown almost really with memberships and different offerings and you know turning from a from what you did into this online events company as well and then and now being able to go back and go right okay how do we expand and and do that in in both sort of areas is it's mm. great and um yeah i like the idea of world domination and um <laughs> my brother's over in australia so definitely i'll be mm. uh, getting him to attend the the, the the one in adelaide so uh, so is mine yeah exactly yeah we know. <laughs> um oh mate this has been, been great catching catching up with you really has and I, obviously I, there's a couple of i've obviously listened to a lot of podcasts similar to yourself and i just wanted to finish with a couple of sort of quick fire questions if we can mm. um just before we go off so um first one what advice would you give to sort of a young entrepreneur or business owner someone looking obviously as a as a a youngster 24 when you started um your business i mean what would you what advice would you give to a young business thinking about maybe starting their own business and what sort of advice would you give yeah i'd say don't worry about it being perfect um i would that too many people worry about getting the right product the right service for the right time and just waiting for everything to align and there never is a right time there is never is a perfect moment and you know people are trying to get their businesses perfect before they've even launched and then once you've launched that's the hard part <laughs> it's not getting it to the point where you can launch so don't worry about it being perfect get it to the point where you can generate your first sale your first pound um and then the next step, my next piece of advice would be to look after those first customers that you get. Those first people that invest in what you do and purchase what you do, they are the most crucial people um, that, that, that you'll come across. Because And there's something that I didn't do well enough um, that I've learned from hugely. You know, when, when I first started the business, I was going out, we, was, we, we, we started in Portsmouth, as we said. So I was going out into the Portsmouth business community, trying to sell the membership, getting people in. Great, got a few people in. And then I was feeding in the pipeline, feeding in the top as quickly as people were falling out the bottom, just through not giving them the experience that I was, that I was telling them that they were going to get. And we were putting on some good events, but all the other bits that we were saying, you know, wasn't as good as they, they thought. So you know, we've learned from that. We've now got a really stringent uh, onboarding process that Claudia manages. So anyone that joins Network My Club now, you know, gets onboarded well. We understand why they're here. We we feed all that information around the team. So we know, right, so-and-so has joined. They do this. They do that. They're looking to meet these types of people in these sort of businesses. And we just build a picture. So we look after them and we try and help them. So that, that there's sort of two key things for me is don't don't worry about it being perfect first up. And then those first customers will, if you can look after them, they'll be your longest standing customers, but they'll be your biggest advocates. And um, yeah, because at that time in your business, it doesn't feel like it, but you've got more time to be able to look after them. And uh, yeah, I I think that particularly when you're starting out, that's another point, you know, you've got a lot more time than you think. You know, I I wish I had a bit more time in the day um, these days that I did probably three, four, five years ago, but it's the nature of the beast. So yeah, don't worry about it being perfect. Look after those first customers and uh, make the most of all the time you've got early on. 
I, I echo that we do you end up when, when, when you're right involved in it and it's started to get to that point you do you you, you feel like sometimes spinning plates and you, you've got a lot lot going on and you like you say you just you long for them times of a little bit more of a, <laughs> a little mm. a few more hours in a day um yeah i'm with you i'm with you um and the other one i've got um can you give me three traits that you think a person needs to be a good businessman or business person or, or entrepreneur? What um, just three key traits that you, you sort of look would look for? Yeah, I think one is one is empathy. We spoke about earlier. Mm. I think as a leader, you need that empathy for managing your team. I think also having that empathy when speaking to clients and speaking to your partners and those sort of things. I think you've got to have that empathy um discipline i mean it, it's it's kind of a prerequisite when you're starting a business it doesn't unless you're disciplined it's not really going to work but you have to be disciplined i mean for for anyone starting a business and anyone looking to succeed even if they're in a in a in a full-time position in a company you have to be disciplined in what you do so having that discipline is crucial and with discipline comes sacrifice unfortunately which some people can't live with um but it's the, the it is the way that it it's what you have to sacrifice to be successful in my case when i started the business you know my sacrifice was moving out when all my mates were moving out and moving into london and things like that it was it was i i wanted to still be able to go out with my friends and socialize so you know i sacrificed not buying lots of new clothes like I probably used to I sacrificed not moving out as I say and just living probably I was the last out of all my friends to move out of of home um and that's just one of the many many sacrifices that you you have to give so yeah discipline that that comes with that sacrifice um and then lastly I think just being a good person just be a nice person and I I I don't see I see it a lot but I, I still don't see it enough people I don't care if I meet the CEO of a blue chip company or the cleaner at a stadium that we work in. I'm going to treat them exactly the same. And it's just a, it's just an easy thing to do. You can manage that so easily and just be a good person. You know, people remember how you make them feel. And if that's meeting someone and just saying hello to them and how they're doing, passing in a corridor or at an event or something like that, you know, the amount of times, you know, you hear people say, oh, that person's not not very nice. He's, she, he or she is a little bit cold or something like that. And I appreciate people can have bad days, of course, but just just try and be a nice person. That's just be a good person. That's that's I think um, for anyone making it, want, wanting to get anywhere, you know, it's going to get you further than being a bad person. That's for sure. Oh, mate, look, I, I completely agree with you on that. Definitely, and I, you know, it's, it's, it, you know, and it's it's strange, isn't it? Because you sort of there's a there's a little bit out there of people you do sort of listen to, and people go, um, you know, to be successful in business, you've got to be this ruthless type of person. I I just don't buy into that personally. I don't think you know. No. I think um, I think you can succeed and be successful and and and. and just by being a being a good person and like you say some of them other traits that you, you've obviously alluded to so um mm. mate listen great advice and I, what, what can i say it's it's always a pleasure to catch up with you like i said <laughs> we, we've worked together on a couple of things and you've, you've become really good friends and uh, as well as uh, you, you you really do inspire me mate with the, the stuff you've done and achieved and i'm delighted to have you as uh, as the first guest on um on our podcast <laughs> so um it's been been great catching up mate so thanks for your time and um yeah, well done, mate. Cheers. Wish you every success. Thank you very much. Thanks for the invite, mate. Cool. Good times.